one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give up. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Someone just walked past Studio Lumo Bix who looked like and has been compared to Luke Darcy before. Do you reckon he looked like Luke Darcy, uh, that guy? Not really, but I was a little bit concerned how you gave him a big wave and you know, it, was, it was a good buddy, was it? Former um, premiership player of the Grange Rules Hockey Club for Div 3. <laughs> So no, very happy to see you, and you were very happy. Yeah, to see I haven't him. seen him for a while, Big Tom. Um, now it's great that you're joining us on the podcast. Bix is already looking at his watch, so we need to um, get this over and done with in a hurry. Played a couple of games today <laughs> by Rent Cell, which was uh, I, I enjoyed that one. Quick Bix broke a wine glass in the studio. Mm. It was all happening, right? Oh, it was. We we had a great morning this morning, and like I said, debuted a couple of new segments, which I think have got some legs. I agree. I agree with you. Let's go through some of the texts we didn't have time to read out today. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. We had a, a text uh, which was a warning to South Australians when Alex Carey is making it home. Don't go near him when he's reversing. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's a good one. I don't think you can be mean about Alex Carey though. Well, it's it's clearly uh, it's banter. It's mocking him with, with oh, reverse it? sweeping. <laughs> oh and, really? And if you live near Alex and he's reversing out of his driveway, steer clear. Okay. What else have we got? We had one from Lindsay. Uh, where is Lindsay? At the top. He said uh, <laughs> oh, we're, we're actually talking seriously about cricket, and Lindsay makes a lot of sense here. Boys, the thing about AB is that. On reflection, he is spot on. Australia needed to be more aggressive. They needed to play at least two quicks, and they needed to drop Murphy. He was right when he said Lions should be trusted to lead the spin attack. We just haven't taken India on. The nice guy stuff has drawn a blank. So Lindsay has summed up what a lot of people feel. Brett sent us in a text, who I think Brett's in love with you, and I like that. Listening to the 1999 sound footage of the preseason showdown brought back a lot of memories. I was at the game, can remember that moment when Big Sean slipped at his knee. There was a big eerie hush over the ground when it happened. It was unbelievable. Those preseason showdowns were huge back in those days. Um, mm. You played in that match, you think. Um, did you have any pre-match routines or have any teammates that did that? Was is it true or an urban legend that Andrew McLeod vomited pre-game? No, I think that's a, a myth. Okay. There's a few players that did do that. that really? Rather anxious and did that. Um, I I played so long ago that we, for the first half of my career, we used to have a game on before our game. So you would go and what you we would play North Melbourne or let's say we played uh, Collingwood at Victoria Park, the Collingwood reserves would be playing against the Carlton team or, okay. or someone else. So I used to just love going out and watching that game and spending, you know, see what the wind's doing, see if players are slipping over, you know, get all that, get a bit, of, bit of a feel for it. Tyson Edwards was a bit the same. So we used to wait till about three quarter time, then go in and get strapped and bang, the game was upon you. Other players, Tony Modra was the best I saw about getting ready early. We used to have a rule. You had to be there about between 90 minutes and two hours before the game. So you'd rock up. And as I'd walk in and you'd check your name off with the team manager, Tony would be there, fully dressed, socks up, garters on, uh, kicking the balls, <laughs> ready to go two hours before the game. Yeah, right. And just pestering everyone. So, uh, so I was liking to get changed very late. Others like to get changed early, but each to their own. Did you have a pre-match meal that you would have as routine? I think when you play interstate, you would travel and I think everyone ate pasta. I wasn't that fussy with my food, to, mm. be, to be really frank. So um, 
I, I just felt like if you get hung up on, I must have this and I must have that, what happens if, it, if it's unavailable or you it's don't true. and you fall out of your routine, then, you know, maybe that sort of just upsets you. So I was just was able to roll with the, with the punches. There was a, another text that says, me and my Afghan hound love Greg Anderson's hairdo, 40 years of perfection. We were talking about the best hairstyles in the AFL where I, d- I don't love the mullets and the the current crop of hairdos at the moment. Mm. I think it's quite disrespectful um, to people that don't have hair. Um, and uh, Callum in Port Adelaide, when you put peanut butter on one slice of bread and fold it over, is that considered a sandwich? I think it's a good question. Uh, I, I do this a lot with my boys. Mm. That's a peanut butter fold over, surely. Is that what it's called? Well, that's what I would call it. If you have peanut butter on your sandwich, do you still put butter on it, then put peanut butter? No, that's the point of being called peanut butter. You don't need butter. That's what I would have thought. What about you? Well, I don't want to sound silly, but I sometimes put butter with my peanut butter because I like the double butter. Really? Mm. Okay. Well, I'm not coming to your house for a peanut butter sandwich. I didn't say you are invited, so that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm happy to be corrected. Like I, I would have thought. A sandwich consists of two slices of bread pushed together. So mm. if, if you've only got one and you're folding it over, I don't think that's a sandwich. Not in my book. Okay. Well, see, this is what you get when you listen to the podcast and you get exclusive stuff. <laughs> it's a stuff. deep dive. It is. Uh, today we caught up with Miles Bergman, speaking of nice hairstyles from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Gemma Barsby, the skipper of the SA Scorpions who take on the Tassie Tigers in the WNCL Gemma's final. Gemma's got good hair too. She's got great hair. Everyone's got great hair apart from me. I get it. Um, and also the segments you'll get to hear as well. So thank you for listening. Always you can do that on the app too, so you can directly get in touch with us. It's, it, oh, I can't talk. Bix, can you just say listen to the podcast? Just say here it is. Yep. Listen to the podcast. Here it is. <laughs> Tire Power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at Tire Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Wednesday, the 22nd of February, 2023. Good morning to you. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, Jared. Uh, I hope you got some sleep last night because it was a little bit warm. No. Uh, no. That didn't happen. I've been awake since 3 o'clock in the morning. I feel that with breakfast radio, um, it's, a, it's a really strange time in your life where you'll never <laughs> really have a decent sleep. Uh, for, for those of you who are listening, and we want you to get involved in the show, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 if you are listening on the app, it's probably the best way you can directly get in touch. Just picture yourself preparing for a 6am flight at mm. Adelaide Airport, mm-hmm. and you need to be at the airport at 5, so depending how close you live to the airport, potentially you're keep, up at yeah, 4. Keep working backwards. Yeah. yeah, so hair and makeup, once you've had a shower, all this kind of stuff. Well, at least you'd have to do the hair. Uh, well, uh, on my head, of course, but I have hair on other parts of my body. Okay. Um, what you traditionally do is you'll wake up every half an hour being afraid that you'll miss the alarm mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the the plane won't stop for you. It won't wait for you. And radio won't wait for us. So my biggest fear is... Being um, late. Yeah, because you don't know how to work the desk. It doesn't matter. We, we would survive without Jared Walsh for one day See, or for, for 10 minutes or for... You just spent half an hour to trying to uh, fix the printer and connect your computer to it. So, I mean, trying to run a whole radio show, I think, is going to be a challenge. Don't worry. We'll be okay, Jared. How did you go yesterday in the heat? Um, because today is 38, tomorrow yeah. is 40, Friday's 39, and then Saturday gets a, a bit cooler going for 24. I didn't think it was as hot as what it was going to be, actually. I didn't... Like, by the time... 
uh, we got, you know, the sun went down effectively. A bit of a breeze came up where I was, not too far from the beach. So we get a bit of a sea breeze in the evening. So I'm hoping that uh, it wasn't too hot for everyone. But um, understand, some people um, don't have a great air conditioning. And I've got a few friends whose air conditioners are stuffed and <laughs> they're sweltering through it. Because that's when it's hard. Mm. And when it's 25 or 26 degrees at night and you, uh, you're warm and you can't sleep. Because that makes everyone grumpy. Everyone is grumpy. I picked up my daughter yesterday from school at three o'clock and she ran out and said, Dad, are we going to welcome night tonight? Mm. I'm like, what's that? And apparently now you, you have an app that you have on your phone where it gives all the information yes, of what's yeah. happening at school. So and I, are you up to date with that? Well, I miss that kind of stuff. <laughs> and because I didn't think we needed to go to welcome night because it's her second year at school, I mm. thought welcome night was really a first year kind of thing. But um, we needed to go on a scavenger hunt around Largs Bay in the stinking hot weather around mm. smelly kids. So it was a, a really good experience. i tell you what is interesting uh, from generation to generation. School training sessions for sports and all those sort of things, all being cancelled this week because at our school, the forecast is 35 mm. uh, or above. Um, by the time school had finished, it was pretty warm, but I don't think it was, I think it might have been in the, say, say it was 33 or 34. My son was filthy. He wanted to go to cricket practice and there was a game of basketball that he wanted to play. Look, are we getting a little bit sort of, uh, well, soft's probably not the right word, but... Are we being a bit overly cautious? Kids can't do sports practice because it's 34 degrees. Society is getting cautious with absolutely everything now, Mm. no matter what it is. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's a a tough one because I think as a parent, you also want to make sure your kids are okay, but you don't want to just protect them from everything. I'm a helicopter parent. Mm. I want to make sure my kid's safe from everything, but you also have to let them be kids at some stage, don't you? That's it, yeah. So anyway, if you've got any thoughts on that, should we be... Saying to the kids, if you want to get out there and and if it comes to four o'clock and it's only 33 degrees and it's not 37 or 38 and you want to have a hit of the cricket ball or, or still, it's, we're going to play basketball. It's going to be hot in the stadium. Well, guess what? It's always been hot in the stadium when you play basketball in summer. Let's just do it. Let's get on with it. And it's the worst thing that can happen, really. Let's jump into the kitchen and find out what's cooking this morning on SENSA Breakfast. Thank you very much to... A good friends at Nippies. Probably uh, you wouldn't can... be uh, frying the bacon this morning, will be? If it's... Are you a big bacon eater? No, I don't mind a bit of bacon. Yeah, I don't love bacon. I'm don't traditionally you? a stay away from bacon kind of guy. You can quench your thirst with Nippies this summer, though. Um, and at the end of the week, actually, if you are the caller of the week, you will win that cricket stump esky filled with Nippies ice flavored milks and fresh juices. Okay, I wanted to put two things under the grill. Okay. First of all, um, we spoke about Jack Ginevan yesterday, and I'm not sure if you've had a listen to the sounding board, which is um, thank you very much to uh, Hutchie and uh, Damo, who were yes. part of the um, the SENSA family. They were talking about Jack. Ginevan and how potentially this whole thing was stage managed mm-hmm. um, in the way that it was released no by doubt. No doubt. Uh, Collingwood yep. and the agreement they potentially had with uh, Channel 7 who had the interview. The fascinating thing from their discussion, and I really recommend you have a listen to this podcast as well as ours, is that potentially um, Collingwood and the broadcaster knew about what was going on mm-hmm. over the weekend mm-hmm. prior to it being released to the public. Mm-hmm. The, the big sticking point was that Collingwood had an internal trial on the weekend and the information was released to the public after the internal trial, which Jack Ginevan played in. Yep. So do you think at that point, as it was suggested on the sounding board, that all of this had happened with the intention that Jack could play in this internal trial? Would we be 
in the right areas there. Do you think this thing happens a fair bit around sports media? Oh, I think it, if it doesn't, it's going to happen a lot more. And remembering, this, this incident happened in January. And so I'm assuming the video was shopped around to everyone. Mm. Uh, and, and remembering as well, there's a whole other couple well, – not a whole. There's a couple of other things to consider. One, it was shot illegally. You can't put something, you know, a camera over the top of a toilet and film someone Correct. without their consent. So imagine if you just bowled into the oh, – let's use the ladies' toilet for a, for a minute and someone's doing their business and you go and, and film them. How would that, how would that be viewed? Mm. Not very favorably. So you can't do that. The second thing from my understanding was the video was so grainy that you wouldn't have been able to conclusively recognize Jack. And so – if Collingwood and Jack went down the whole deny, 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 uh, it's not me. How can you prove it? It's filmed illegally anyway. You can't show it. Like it would, you know, like it would have been this whole. Someone said something. It's been denied, and and there would have been, you know, some argy bargy, and it would have eventually blown over without a suspension. But I think to to Jack's credit, yeah, um, he he put his hand up, and and Collingwood the same, and then they went into this. Um, mode of, well, how do we manage this best? And in the end, the television station got their exclusive interview. Jack represented himself, gave his side of the story. They probably lined up, you know, Darcy Moore to, to give the press conference on the, whatever it was, the Monday, I think it might have been, yeah. yesterday, and he spoke really well. So in the end, if it's your footy club, I reckon you're reasonably happy. Uh, the question is, should it have been released a bit earlier? Uh, and if it had, have, would that have affected Jack? One day, it's not. It's not like it happened the night before. It, it's a. It's an older story that goes back to January. So. And we're talking about it now, which is which is fine. But it reminds me of last year when something similar happened with Bailey Smith. He addressed it straight away, mm. and then it, it vanished ultimately. Yeah, I think the <clears throat> what this does open up is, and and I think Eddie Maguire raised it, is that someone has some bit of uh, information that is that, that potentially is damaging to someone. I'll just hold on to that until the the when I can inflict the most damage before a big game, before a final, before whenever. So it's a, uh, a, a and then what you what we're just talking about there is the club negotiating how that information is released. So what are they then? Could they possibly negotiate to have it released after a final or after? a game on the weekend so that a player is not suspended potentially. So You know, a- the fly on the wall conversation stuff. Um, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall when Tom Brown from seven had to go to his father, Jeff, who's at Collingwood and say, Hey, we've got this. And how do we approach this? <laughs> that would have been quite the challenge. The other thing I noticed yesterday, um, after we spoke about it a fair bit, and we got a lot of text messages as well. Um, and you can get involved on the text line 0427 154 166. MG is coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. We've had so many that we had to read out at the start of our podcast in regards to the Australian test team. And the more we are starting to think about the third test in India, mm-hmm. the more it sounds like the Australian cricket team are on the nose with Pat Cummins' leadership, with David Warner, that we both said more than likely won't play for Australia yep. again. And things change really quickly in a session because in that first session, the Australians were looking pretty good with a competitive total. And now past players are coming out. It can change so quickly. Well, it can. I think, I think also the way that, that Justin Langer was treated, I think that that is, I guess, a, a bit of a lightning rod for so many people. When you think about all the players that Justin played with who are all still involved in commentary, you know, you think about 
Ricky Ponting and, and Matthew Hayden and Adam Gilchrist. And there's so many really well-respected names that were pretty dirty on the way that, uh, that Justin finished up. And, and he was strung out. He was offered a, a contract that wasn't really, mm. it was never going to be accepted by him, which made it look like he knocked it back, which then they were able to sort of move on him. And then they just appointed the bloke who was there. You know, did they really go out and do a worldwide search to come up with Andrew McDonald, who was the assistant coach at the time or coaching one of the, the, the lesser forms of the game? So that's nothing against Andrew. He may well have been the best candidate. But right now, I think most people thought that it was a, it was a, an easier option and that they potentially let the, the dog wag, sorry, the tail wag the dog where the players weren't happy. They said, we like this guy because he's, you know, he doesn't challenge us. I, I you know, suspect he didn't challenge them as hard as what Justin did. Uh, and now people are saying, well, you know, what happens when you let the, the players, you know, effectively, or that's what the, the outside world sort of look like, choose who they want to coach them, then you do open up a can of worms and now that's sort of coming home to roost. So, And the biggest winner out of all of this is England, where Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad are still taking wickets. Jofra Archer <laughs> is getting back to full fitness too and they'd be just licking their lips going, well, just come over here really quickly because we want to inflict some more damage. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because it, you, you sense that Australia is not too far away from a big changing of the guard. You think about some of the aging players that they've had. And this is in all forms of the game. Finch is now gone, who's been the captain for a long time in the shorter form of the game. You've got Kawaja, who's older, Warner, um, you know, Hazelwood. Hazelwood's played, by the time this Indian series finishes, I think he would have played two or three tests out of 18. He's 32 years of age. He's been injury prone. So his time uh, potentially is getting closer to the end. Mitch Stark uh, isn't as, or, or hasn't been as, as, um, Damaging and 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 uh, the type of bowl that we've you know come to expect for for such a long time in his career. So there is going to be a need for regeneration, I think, at some stage. So we'll keep a close eye on that. And whether if they have poor performances in these next two tests, whether that regeneration might come very much quicker than uh, than some people have planned. And even though Australia can't now win the Border Gavaskar Trophy, they still can make the final of the ICC World Test Championship, which they, they need to win. Mm. So they need to get a win in the oh, next couple. They could also bat for or play for four days, which would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> very true. And dig in. That's like, true. And not try and hit every ball out of the park or sweep it. Or, you know, I think that's just, you know, and, and that's, you know, a bit of frustration uh, from cricket fans like myself talking there. We just want to see them show some some fight, which has been, you know, such a hallmark of, of Australian test cricket, but uh, has been sadly lacking in the last two tests in India. Uh, we are here thanks to Tire Power, best buyers on big brand sale now on. Give us a call or send us a text, 0427-154-166. Gemma Barsby from the SA Scorpions, the skipper who hit the winning runs on the weekend at Karen Rolton Oval, will join us later on in the show. They are in the WNC final, uh, WNCL final against Tasmania this weekend. They want to make amends for what happened last season. One of the best players in Port's internal trial at mm-hmm. Alberton on Friday night was Miles Bergen. We are Bergman. We will also speak to Miles. If you have any questions, you want us to ask Miles. Let us know too. It is quarter past six on this Wednesday morning. It's SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 20 minutes past six on this Wednesday morning just for getting involved on the show. So you can send us a text 0427 154 166. 
you might get the chance to win a series pass to take part in the Zen Energy Grand Slam Cycling Challenge. Grand Slam number one is this Sunday. Go to bikesa.asn.au for more information. Going to be another warm one today across South Australia as we get into this. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Now, Mark Bickley, we were having a listen to Gary and Tim yesterday morning and they were talking about something a little bit different. One of, one of the things that we speak about when we're leading up to an AFL season, mm. uh, we, we kill time and yeah. we find things. All the big we, issues. Big issues that people are just training the house down. They've put on size, how good their tan is. And Gary and Tim focused on something a bit different. Who's got the best hair in the AFL? I've just come up with this. The best hair? The best hair in the AFL. I've seen it. I saw it last night on the news. The best hair in the AFL. Oh, you're not talking about uh, the new kid that's just arrived in the AFL. You're talking about young Ashcroft. Yes. I think he got the best quaff. What do you like about his thatch? I was watching your news yesterday. It's a nice thatch, isn't it? Clearly doing their uh, media stuff. So he had gone to the trouble. Good TV hit. Had gone to the Mm. trouble of Mm. giving it a nice run through with a, I think, a comb and a brush. Right. And maybe a little bit of spray just to keep it in place because I defy anyone to come up with someone with a better quaff. Is it possible that he'll play his whole career with that one hairstyle, do you think, or he'll chop and change a bit? I don't know. Because Steve Kernahan went through his whole career. Probably one of just a few players that went through their whole career with a one style. Yeah. You did. Well, well, maybe you did too. I had no choice. My hair doesn't move. So his hair moves. Like it looks to me like he could go the flow. He could go, Mm. gee, it's good hair. (laughs) You're very much the Kernahan, Gary Lyon type mould where you had the same haircut your whole career. Exactly. I was laughing because that was very similar to myself. But uh, Gary sounded a bit envious, didn't he, of young Will Ashcroft? Yes. He's got a beautiful head of hair. He could go the short. uh, Anyway. Yours yours is amazing, though, Bix, before you go through your favourites because you Mm. played in an era alongside Mm. the likes of Rashudo, Goodwin, Welsh. Biglands during during a time where blonde <laughs> tips was in. When I had hair, I had frosted tips, and yeah. I remember even young Nathan Van Berlo came into the side and had his blonde tips. Bernie Vince it and was everywhere. Yeah, you missed all of that. David you McKay. You didn't think about putting the the blonde in no. there, a bit of a rinse. No, I've I've never uh, decided to go down that path, mm-hmm. that line of of colouring my hair. Still get a lot of uh, feedback today. People think I colour it. Really? Yes. You're I very don't. lucky to have oh, the hair that you've got. Yeah. Lucky. Although it's it's diminishing slowly. Um, yeah, but you're from the back. quite elderly now, and I'm <laughs> and I'm, mine's all gone. So that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. But you haven't had to. You haven't gone. I noticed that Tex Walker's got a, a bit of salt and pepper in his mm. hair now, so you can tell when players yeah. start to age. Well, there's a lot of lot of blokes that are grey now. But anyway, uh, let's let's stay on uh, track here because instantly. I was thinking around best hair. I went to what most people might think around the Sam Draper, yes. uh, Bailey Smith style, where it's more about how much you've got and it's all sort of... Shave on the side. Yes, yes. Flowing at the back. Exactly. Party at the back. <laughs> Serious at the front, party yeah. at the back. Yes. But then when I listened to Gary, and he sort of made me think about you know players that would go through their whole career with the same hairstyle. I instantly thought of another Western Bulldog player mm-hmm. who I've heard... Described as all weather hair. Tim English has got the all weather hair. No matter whether it's raining, whether it's blowing a gale, whether it's sunny, it just doesn't move. It's just, it's all weather. So I reckon he might go the the hairspray a little bit and just get it tightened up. Yes. And so there's not much movement there. And he looks the same no matter what. And he's he's about 
what is he, four or five years into his career, no change as yet. I don't think there's going to be a change. I'll quickly list off my favourite current player with the best hairstyle and then go into three former players who I think are in my top three. So current player is the number two from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and that is Sam Palpepper. Um, Following on from that. So what's that all about? Well, just hear me out, and then I'll go my top three of uh, greatest all-time hairstyles Mm. in the um, AFL. Uh, Gary Ablett Jr., uh, Chris Judd. Yeah, I can see where this is headed. And Paul Chapman. Mm. because they're relatable and I can look at them and aspire to be them because that's all I can do with my hair. I'm a bit flat that Nigel Smart didn't get a look in. He was one of the first. Nigel Smart was top five. but Andrew Wills. But these are the guys that I could have watched. So Gary Ablett, I watched him playing when he did have hair and I watched his progression to making the choice to shave it. And I was going through that with him. Mm, So mm. it's a really challenging time. So you sort of beat it to the pass, really, didn't you? Jason Dunster was another. He had had the island out the front for a little while. (laughs) And the helmet. (laughs) So they're great. If you've got any suggestions, send them in. Uh, 0427154166. You can put it on social media as well. We are here thanks to Tire Power. Selected Falcon Tires at 25% off, not too far away. We wanted to have a chat to Gemma Barsby from the SA Scorpions uh, in the WNCL final this weekend against Tassie. It's 25 minutes past six. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 29 minutes to 7, a warm one today, 38 degrees and 40 tomorrow. We have to wait a few days until it drops below 30. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA, Port Adelaide fans. Miles Bergman, young gun, is going to join us at about 7.15. If you want us to ask anything on behalf of you, 0427-154-166. Next, we wanted to play some audio from former Australian skipper Alan Border. He's had some pretty choice words to say about our current skipper, Pat Cummins. Local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! If you want to text the show, it's very easy. You can do it via the app or 0427-154-166. And the caller or text of the week will win that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Mark Bickley, we got a lot of texts coming through. The, the first mm. one, we were speaking about um, Jack Ginevan earlier this morning and potentially how the announcement and the interview with Channel 7 was potentially stage-managed. Yep. Um, this is a text message having a crack at you, which sometimes I'm a fan of, but I'll always back you in. You're my radio brother. No, it's okay. um, football clubs are unlike political parties where players are told what to say and when to say it. Coaches give nothing away and captains are all as boring as Mark Bickley was in his prime. Mm. But you still held the Premiership Cup up twice oh, in a row, and I like that. Forget about that. But It's more about you, you walk a delicate line because the minute you say, ah, oh, we're going to play Port Adelaide, just, or let's use Port Adelaide, Tom Jonas, for example. Mm. Crows are entitled. Yes. Uh, you know, they're, they're whatever they else they said. That was like a hand grenade that went off. And then Ken Hinckley and, and the player, every player that got interviewed for the, for the next three days was defending what Tom Jonas and, and a couple of the other boys said. Now, yeah. um, it was okay for Port because it turned out, all right, they won the game comfortably. But if it had gone the other way, people would have said, Oh, that fired up Adelaide and uh, what's Jonas doing? You know, that, you know, he gave the opposition motivation and he should have just, you know, been humble. And 
So you do that and people will criticise you. You say nothing and people will criticise you. So you, you're just trying to be informative. You're trying to answer the questions that are put to you. And you try not to be a deal. <laughs> we will thread uh, your text in regards to the best hair in the AFL throughout the show. Um, this one was uh, someone saying, I missed the KB comb over where in a windy day, a staple gun was needed. Another one saying Jack Cahill was a huge fan of the Donald Dickey Mohawk he rocked up mm. with on the eve of the night grand final. Um, Annie. Well, same thing. Didn't end well, did <laughs> No. Donald. 1300 Morning, Annie. Best hair in the AFL. Who you got? Oh, good morning, boys. 24 sleeps to go. Um, just thought I'd let you know that. Um, the best, I'm a big fan of the man bun. Ooh. So I'm going to have to say young Miles Bergman from Port. Milo's got a great man bun, although I think he may have um, had a little trim. He did because he wore his um, hair down on the, Friday. Yeah, I know. So I'm a bit disappointed about that. <laughs> Um, and I do love Lockie Jones' mullet, but again, he's had a little trim, but I'm sure it'll grow back fairly quickly. Great stuff. <clears throat> Thank you, Annie. <laughs> Just had to clear my throat. He's got really emotional. Another, <laughs> I'm reading this other text. Uh, Tony Modra had the best hair, he had the best rig, he had the best face, the best backside, the best smile in the AFL. Then it goes on. A nice little drive-by. I never gave Bickley a second look back then. That's Virginia from Virginia. Thanks, Virginia. That's okay. <laughs> of course it Standing is. next to Tony, not, not many people got a, a second look. To You're getting fair. lots of drive-bys this no, morning, right. which I'm not a fan of. Let's get into the spotlight. I think that your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. Yes, indeed. We are looking at the spotlight. And, of course, uh, the spotlight's been burning brightly uh, on the Australian cricket team after a subpar performance on the subcontinent against India in the first test and backed up in the second test. One man who's uh, copped a little bit of flack is Pat Cummins, the, uh, um, what would you call him, the experienced, the wise Alan Border spoke on uh, SEN Queensland, Brecky, and uh, had a few thoughts on Pat Cummins. I thought Pat grossly underbowled himself though, in that last test match. I mean, there are opportunities when things are starting to go astray, you know, particularly in the Indian first innings when we had them on the ropes and then they just formed a good partnership. You know, a couple of blasts from him, you know, running in and bowling some short stuff and getting, you know, very aggressive for two or three overs. Um, I think that's when maybe the, the, the batsman, you know, will have seen it earlier, I don't know, maybe there's other guys out in the field, I suppose, I could go to the captain and say, mate, why don't you have a bowl? But um, I just thought, yeah, this is Pat's first real test as a, as a captain. As a, uh, you know, the rest has been, you know, all got just plain sailing, but um, you go to the subcontinent and all of a sudden you get tested out in all sorts of areas. So, Do you feel sometimes that we are going to go to get Alan Border's views because he's so completely different to Pat Cummins anyway? So no matter what AB says he's representing a generation which is completely different mm. from where we are now, which is completely different from when Justin Langer was in charge. Oh, look, I think we we listened to Alan because he's actually been there and done it and he's been on the subcontinent. But also, f- f- some of the stuff you talk about, we love the way that he showed grit, that mm. he dug in, that he demanded um, uh, grit from his players. You know, anyone that played under Alan, uh, you know, they felt this... 
you know, desire that they had to, you know, stay in the field. They weren't allowed to go off if they felt a niggle. You know, they just, you know, they, they dug in when times were tough. And, and Alan captain through a period where, you know, Australian cricket was decimated with World Series cricket and it wasn't easy. And he was playing against the West Indies, England, you know, all these great teams that had, you know, enormous attacks. And then he found a way to be great. So I think we, we should always sit up and take notice. And, and while some of it, the, the last little bit of that, he was, you know, saying Pat Cummins is, you know, now finding out about himself. This is what the real captaincy is about when you're actually challenged as opposed to playing against, you know, some of the lesser teams in Australia on your terms. But he also was saying, back yourself in, bowl yourself a bit more, get some advice from some of the other experienced players in the team to to make sure that you are doing what's best for the team. And you know, so it wasn't total criticism. It's just giving him some advice. And it's probably, you know, I'm sure Pat would do this, but sitting down with people like Alan Border with Steve War, you know, having those mentors that, to give you advice and the confidence to be actually bowl yourself a bit more to back your own judgment. And I think that'd be hugely beneficial for him. And remembering he is only a baby in captaincy terms. So um, if you talk to a hundred people that are captains, I reckon 95 of them will say that one year down the track, I was better than what I was when I started two years down the track. I was even better again. And five years down the track, I was probably at the prime in terms of leadership. So leadership isn't something that you instantly, the minute you are appointed captain, mm. you're instantly great. It, it's something that you do grow into and learn about all the time. I recall at the Cricket World Cup at the back end of 2022 when India played a few games here. They played one against uh, uh, England and one against Bangladesh. Yep. Watching Virat Kohli and the way that he commanded the players out there and albeit he's not captain of that team, the one-day yeah. side, I feel that there's an intimidation factor that the players are intimidated by Virat because of his stature in world cricket. Do you think a captain needs a little bit of that where, where Pat, as he grows and develops, will need to have that um, intimidation to be able to go, you're going to listen to me when I speak? Yeah, look, I think you don't have to have that same demeanor and everyone's got a different demeanor. You know, Pat is not Virat. And if Pat tried to be Virat, I don't think that would be the best version of himself. But what he has to have is he has to have the belief of his players and he has to have the respect of his players. Now, I think he has both, but it, it's uh, does he believe in himself enough to, to bring himself on to bowl and say, you know what, something's got to happen in this test and it's not happening now, I'll make it happen. And a lot of the great captains have that, that ultimate belief in themselves to be able to make an impact on the game. So once again, he's, he's very uh, young in his captaincy and uh, it's a, it is a really challenging time. So... If it was me, get some advice. Talk to some people who have sat in that sort of hot seat and understand what it's about. And Alan Border, Steve War, uh, others would would be able to give him some great advice. I think. So he's on the way home. Does that mean, in your opinion, Steve Smith would be captain of the third test? Then you would think so. I if- think he's going to come back. There's a ten day break. Uh, he's going home. He's attending to some uh, private business with his family. Then he's going to come back. So I suspect he'll still be the captain in the third test. But a bloke like Steve Smith who has captained before yeah. and he's got vast experience, lean on him a, a little bit more uh, amongst some of the other more experienced players in the team. We were talking about Justin Langer and Andrew McDonald. The comparison between the two, AJ sent us in a text on 0427154166. Just my opinion, but I think McDonald white-handed Justin Langer by being a soft, loving ear to the players and then putting his hand up when Jaya was sacked. I feel he partly set up. Justin Langer, now that's um, just a, an opinion from AJ. But mm, Don't agree with that, by the way. Mm. 
not to say he wasn't uh, someone who listened to all the players and gave them and you know the opportunity to feel heard. And but but to say that he would set out to do that and then white ant just I just don't think that happens when you're in a, a team like that and touring and you're a coach and assistant coach. I I just everyone's trying their best to get the best result and and sometimes and I'll give you an example when you have a, a a head coach who is really direct and really strong you do need other assistant coaches to be there to to pick up the pieces and to listen and to hear so the yin and the yang is uh, is often important and, and maybe what they're missing if Andrew McDonald is the coach and he's the the more uh, collaborative type maybe they're missing a direct assistant coach who who does you know give the give the baked beans cold out of the can when they need it you know so you need to have different personalities in a coaching group and um, clearly Justin was part of it you know was a bit more direct and stronger uh, Andrew's probably got got a slightly different style but that's not to say one's better than the other what we do know is that they are very different I would probably draw comparisons uh, of Justin Langer to. Alistair Clarkson in a way where they needed control of absolutely every element of cricket and also football with Clarko. I'll give you an example of, yes. of JL. Um, in Brisbane, I was working at one of the one-day internationals a couple of years ago when Australia was playing Sri Lanka. Now, this was approaching um, Lasith Malinga getting a milestone of taking wickets. Now, pre-match, this is before the toss of the coin, on the big screen, we were playing highlights of Lasith Malinga, one of the best bowlers in mm -hmm. the world. Justin saw that and asked us to remove that from the big screen because he wanted to have every advantage over the opposition as much as possible. He said, this is our home game. We will not show them any love. This is an Australian game. Mm. Now, that was his approach because he wanted to make sure that we had any mental edge over the opponent as possible. McDonald might be very different in that regard and not focus on a match day or anything like that. It's just different. And it's a generational change no, where yeah. people need to adjust. And that may be hard for the people who have been um, present when JL was there going, okay, we need to adjust to something different. But some of the new boys coming in, they might go, we love this because this is what we're familiar with. So it's going to take time. Well, the other thing is, is um, results have to be measured as well. Now, if that works for you, and you end up getting the best results in your number one test team, you can be ruthless and yes. you mightn't be liked by every team. And, you know, Malinga might, and the Sri Lankan players might think, well, that's a bit much, isn't it? You know, just give the guy his, his dues. He's going to have a milestone. But in the end, and you mentioned Alistair Clarkson, that's a great analogy because what were the Hawks? They were the unsociable Hawks and they weren't liked by anyone. But guess what? They were pretty damn successful. And you go back to... Lee Matthews, the coaching uh, of, of the Brisbane Lions, same sort of thing. They had an element of swagger, an element of um, harshness and hardness about them that made them terrible to play against. And and they were, you know, almost bordering on arrogant, you know, some of the, the talk on the Oval. But guess what? They backed it up because they had a great team and they knew exactly what they had to do. So in the end, you have to choose what you want to be. Do you want to be well-liked and and uh, maybe have some ordinary results. Or if you want to go down the path of we're going to be absolutely ruthless and do everything we can, if it gets the end result, then it's probably something to really consider over, you know, is, is that where we're going to head? 
Morning team, Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. We'd like to thank them for their support of SENSA Breakfast. A couple of texts before we take a bit of a breather. Um, do you know if they are doing a documentary on this Indian tour? It would be must-watch television. Um, Steph has said Bix World Series cricket had long finished when Alan Border became captain. Pat Cummins is a case of the emperor having no clothes. What you know, does that mean? Um, just on the World Series cricket, I think a lot of players had left. I know Bob Simpson came back to coach, but then there were still a lot of guys that weren't playing yep. for Australian cricket, I think. But happy to be corrected there, Steph. Thank you. Pat Cummins is a case of the emperor having no clothes. Um, I'm I'm assuming what Steph means is it's um, when all things are going beautifully, you know, playing West Indies here and South, um, <clears throat> South Africa and other teams where we're quite dominant on our home turf. You don't have to, to do much. Uh, and so nobody questions you. But then... Once you get into the real cut and thrust, uh, which is this series and, and probably the next one against England, then you have to show your measure. So I'm, I'm guessing that's what Steph. Well, I've just got the official definition. It says the expression is used to describe a situation in which people are afraid to criticise something or someone because the perceived wisdom of the masses is that the thing or person is good or important. Hmm. So it's it's, it's um, the emperor having the, the the tailor said the emperor had the most beautiful clothes in the world, but only. Um, Rich people could could see the clothes. The poor people couldn't see the clothes. And even though the emperor was looking at himself naked, <laughs> he didn't really want to say anything. I regret. I regret it because uh, <laughs> that would mean that he was a pleb and that he uh, couldn't see the clothes. Well, you've got great clothes on today. A real tight fitting <laughs> polo shirt, and I'm wearing a basketball jersey from a bald athlete, Alex Caruso. So thank you for your text. Keep sending them in at zero four two seven one five four one double six. A sports update next on SENSA. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Five minutes to seven on this Wednesday morning. We'll get to a sports update in a second. 0427-154-166. We were just talking about everything cricket, Alan Border, and what's going on with Pat Cummins and the Australian team. Um, Tony sent us in a text saying Australia was decimated by the South African Rebel Tour. Bix? Yeah, another one here. Kieran said uh, something along similar lines. Just had a quick look uh, on um, at history. Alan Border debuted in 1977. World Series cricket was 78 and 79. So he was he was introduced uh, during that period. Then, of course, all the players came back uh, after that. So he had Lily Marsh and all those players. He played with them. And then there was a Rebel Tour after he took over with the captaincy and all that sort of stuff. So basically what happened, though, he, he had to play through a time of great disruption. And there were times when there were players unavailable and he was – you know, one of the one of the uh, the players that was left holding the can, and what he did was pull everyone together and make sure that they still were very very competitive against some of the the greatest cricketing teams of all time. The West Indies come to mind first and foremost. So, so there you go. He was a uh, he was resilient, is what he was and what he was known for. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Time for this. SENSA Breakfast Sports Update. Okay, let's talk some cricket. Matt Short scored his maiden Marsh Sheffield Shield century in a stunning, in stunning fashion, I should say, to put Victoria in a strong position at the midway point of their match against South Australia in Melbourne. Now, it's been a low-scoring contest, but he mastered the tricky situation at Junction Oval to score 119, a tally nearly three times better than any other batsman in the match. So 
Right now, the Bush Rangers are in firm command on the uh, important clash. The Vicks will resume their second innings today at eight for 285, an overall lead of 340 runs. Remembering, there were 15 wickets on the first day mm. of that match. So uh, you'd have to say Victoria are in the driver's seat right there. Uh, and reports are out that Adelaide's bid to host the New Year's test has been quashed with the iconic pink test to remain in New South Wales. But SA could be in line to host a powerful January 26 match. South Australian cricketers uh, made an audacious bid to try and steal the New Year's test for Adelaide. But uh, Ben Horn from The Advertiser is reporting that Cricket Australia has made it clear to New South Wales power brokers that this will not be happening. However, the West Indies will take on Australia next summer in a test match that will incorporate Australia Day. It's been reported that Adelaide and Brisbane are uh, the two cities in contention to host well, that That'd be good match. to welcome the West Indies back just for a couple of days. I'd be flying, yeah, for two days. Can't wait for that. <laughs> but when, when you think about it, I, I love that we are talking about having the Test match return to uh, Australia Day and that long weekend because we used to have the the, the one-day series, used to have a tri-series. Yeah. It was always played over there. It's great fun. People would come down from the country and really enjoy it. So I hope we get back there, but the, the Test really was never moving from New South Wales for the years. When you look at the, the, the Cricket Australia board, two-thirds of it, or not two-thirds, but a lot of it is made up by influential New South Welshmen. So I would think that they would have been under a lot of pressure. Uh, and one other little uh, titbit. Uh, let me have a look. PAC, they're old scholars. They had a cricket match last night. Their, uh, the grand final was last night. Just getting a text message from Daniel who said the side was full of Crows players. It started very shakily with Luke Pedler getting a platinum duck. First ball of the inning. So that means he was run out without facing a ball. Is that right? Yes. Good thing he didn't get injured because uh, we wouldn't have um, heard <laughs> the end of that. Jeepers. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's hope his form on the footy field is better than his form on the pitch. I want to add two more things to that. Uh, it is the round of 16, the first leg in the Champions League. And uh, two matches on this morning. Uh, Frankfurt uh, taking on Napoli. And uh, they're nil all at the moment in the 29th mm-hmm. minute. But the big one at that's Anfield. That sounds more like... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a dish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liverpool are leading Real Madrid 2-1 already Is in that... the 27th minute at Anfield. Well, that sounds big. Yes. So there's a, a lot of Liverpool fans who listen to this show too. So we'll keep you up to date. And while we're talking the world game, uh, what about the, the talk around Ange Postacoglu potentially coaching in the Premier League at some stage in the near future. Heard that yesterday with Andy Marr and uh, there, there was discussion, which actually made international headlines, mm. our very own Andy Marr talking about that. But Leeds have hired a new manager, so that has been announced. Um, Ange is destined for bigger and better things mm. continually. He's got Harry Kuehl there at the helm with him. So there's always going to be question marks when a coaching position opens up um, in some of those bigger leagues like the Premier League for Ange to do that. Before we go to the news, I want to give a very special shout out, which something that made me quite grumpy last night, okay. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And that is realestate.com.au. Now, it's it's actually sports related, but I wanted to really back in one of our athletes here in South Australia, because here is the headline. Mm. Star Brisbane Lions recruit Josh Dunkley and his netballer girlfriend have paid (laughs) $2.265 million for a home in Paddington. Yeah, come on. His netballer girlfriend has a name, first of all, and her name is Tipper Dwan. Mm. She is also one of the next big things in Australian netball, as in she's already had been part of the squad for the Australian Diamonds as one of their juniors and and part of the up-and-comers. So when you think about sport, 
Tipper Dwan has done more internationally than Josh Dunkley has done internationally in an international sport. And I feel that we should have some more respect. And the same thing has happened with Tipper and Josh um, over the past 12 months with another journalist out of Melbourne who said, Josh is going to do this. His girlfriend's going to play some netball. No, no, no. Mm. Tipper mm. Dwan is an elite athlete in her own right and should have the same respect given to her as Josh does. I'm Jared Walsh. <laughs> 100%. Agree with you, Jared. We're going to be talking about four umpires in the AFL next and also have a chat to Miles Bergman from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Good morning. Tyrepower, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tyrepower today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Four minutes past seven on this Wednesday, still heating up towards the end of the week, approaching 42, so stay cool, stay hydrated. You can quench your thirst with nippies this summer. Miles Bergman from Port Adelaide a few minutes away and Gemma Barsby, the skipper of the SA Scorpions who are taking on Tassie in the WNCL final this weekend. Cheer on the Scorpions because we want another trophy here in South Australia as we get into the daily agenda. Agenda! Now, have you got your towel? Are you wiping your fingers? It I seems tell you to what, be a little delay there. Listen, listen, mate. I <laughs> I love technology, but it's failing on me today, and I have to punch this screen to make mm. the intros play, and I'm a real nerd with this kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll punch away. Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm testy right now, so do not push right, me, hey, Bickley. Hey, hey. Let's step, get into I'll, the footy stuff. Back. Okay. Uh, Can the someone Adelaide, fix the computer? The Adelaide Crows will leave Taylor Walker back in SA for the first game of its trip to Perth. When they take on the two WA clubs, the Crows and Dockers are going to face off this Friday evening uh, and the Power and Eagles uh, will also do that. They're swapped around the week after these practice matches. Uh, as part of their management of the former captain of the club, the Crows will allow Walker to stay in Adelaide over the weekend before joining the group on Monday. So, Talk us through that, Mark, because well, if he's being managed and he managed to play, and you said he played okay in yeah, the, the trial? I think what they would do is they'd normally work backwards. So they'd say, round one, we want you up and firing. What do we think you need? And he'd say, I reckon I need one really good hit out. Yeah. And and so they say, okay, well, you're playing in that um, Fremantle match. And then they would say, do you need to play in the the, the West Coast game? Or, or the, what is it? Flip around the other way. Uh, and he would say, oh, look, I, I don't think I, I reckon I only need one. We'll have the internal trial. As long as I go well there, get a couple of kicks and feel good. I don't think I need the other one. Gives him a little bit of extra time with the family. Uh, and this is what, what managing some of these older players is all about is keeping them fresh mentally and physically. You look at what Geelong do, they do it as well as anyone and it pays huge dividends. So yeah, I think this is the smart move. Um, Tom will tell though uh, how he goes this year. And I think he's going to be part of a pretty strong forward line. So he'll do pretty well. The power are also going to make their uh, trek West as well. Uh, the, the good thing about this is the matches will be streamed on KO sports and broadcast on Foxtel says here, both matches. Uh, the club's digital team will also be on the ground bringing you the latest from the venues as supporters get their first look at their team against outside competition. So uh, Port's first clash will be against the Eagles in this unofficial match simulation. That's uh, this Friday with action kicking off at 4.40 p.m. Perth time, which is 7.10 p.m. Uh, here in Adelaide. So um, 
There you go. A pair of Sydney forwards will feature in the Swans' leadership group for the first time, with the club keeping its existing structure intact for 20... Tact, I should say, for 2023. Isaac Heaney and Will Haywood will join an eight-man group, along with returning former member Jake Lloyd. The 26-year-old Heaney says he was filled with confidence after receiving the nod from his teammates. An All-Australian for the first time in 2022... Uh, he will take on the responsibility supporting the unchanged trio of captains, Mills, Parker, Rampey. So they're gone with three, Sydney, which is probably a step away from uh, what most other clubs do. One of the things I'd like to do with you either tomorrow or next week, speaking of Will Hayward, uh, and this is something that you can think about and do some homework, is Mm -hmm. which South Australian would you like to bring home to our South Australian clubs? If you had the opportunity to, salary cap is not an issue. Contract is not an issue. Mm -hmm. Bring an SA player home. I reckon someone... Yep, I'm going to give you – no, I'll give you three, okay? So have a think about it over the next couple of days because I think Will Haywood is an incredible player and he's only getting better too. So Mm. there's also been leadership changes um, in a couple of clubs in Victoria. Zach Merritt have been appointed Essendon captain replacing Dyson Heppel, who stood down. Andy McGrath is the vice captain. Merritt's played 184 games for the Bombers and takes over after Heppel stood down last week. He was Heppel's vice captain last year and captained the Bombers for the first time late in 2016 as a 20-year year old, while McGrath was the Deputy Vice-Captain in 2022. Here is Zach addressing the Essendon players. Zach Merritt will be our captain in 2023, and no one's led by example better than you, mate. To Brad, to the board, to all you players, um, for the process, it's extremely humbling um, and a real privilege to be the 41st captain of Essendon. There's so many amazing names with an amazing history. Um, at this club, so I'm just so grateful to uh, hopefully add another chapter um, to this long, this long history uh, with the club that means you know, a lot to me. For the future Essendon champions and for kids to wear our digits or digit on their back moving forward, that's sort of the, the bit that excites me. We've got so much talent in this room individually and um, it's my job to give you guys the environment to be yourselves um, and play with all your natural flair because there's so much talent that I look forward to, to bringing to life moving forward. So thank you. Oh, there you go. Uh, nice words there from Zach Merritt. Isn't it phenomenal, the amount of changes in captaincy? I just did a quick yeah. sort of straw poll. Adelaide, Brisbane, Collingwood, Essendon, Freo, Geelong, Hawthorne, North Melbourne. That's mm-hmm. as far as I got alphabetically. So there's probably one or two more. Um, and we talked about Brisbane. Dane Zorko stood down. Lockie Neal has put his hand up. Uh, and logically, he seems like a, a very good candidate. But he's really keen uh, to have a crack at it. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. If the club um, and the players feel that I'm the right person to do that, then, yeah, I'd be um, really humbled and excited to, to do that role. He sounds very excited. <laughs> he sounded humbled. He, no, he did sound very he, humbled. He is a perfect candidate. He gets the job done with his footy. Uh, he's an absolute professional from all reports in the way he prepares and uh, gets his body and trains and all that those sort of things. So that goes uh, without question. So, yeah, I wouldn't see uh, why that wouldn't be him. We are here thanks to Tyre Power Selected Falcon Tyres at 25% off the umpires have started to come out and speak about the four field umpires which looks like it's going to be here for Mm. longer than we can remember. Um, And we got a text about this. Um, Blind Freddy from Finden uh, said, what are you two football experts? Well, there's one football expert, one fan here. Um, (laughs) What do you think about having four umpires? I can't wait for four different interpretations of holding the ball. Before you answer that, Bix, let's have a listen to Eleni Gluftus, who spoke about it yesterday. 
it's definitely been a reduction in the threshold running, so that kind of high intensity running, which hopefully will lead to us being in a better position more of the time, and then hopefully some optimised decision making. So Eleni speaking about running, meaning they'll have to do less and hopefully better decision making while she was being interviewed in a tin can. I thought that she was on 1.5 times. Do you, listen to, do, you listen to, do you ever listen to podcasts on 1.5 times? No, so I like to get the get, full experience. Yeah. Um, so this is what Eleni's talking about. Uh, last year, umpires averaged between 14 to 16 kilometres a game. This year, a small sample size, uh, between 8 and 10. So what you're doing is you're running about 5K less. There's two things here. If you go to a game of footy and we don't talk about it and you walk away and you say, well, there three umpires or four umpires today. I don't think people could tell you the difference. So first and foremost. Secondly, for me, you make better decisions when you're not fatigued. So we talk about players late in games, late in quarters. Decision-making is poor when mm. you're fatigued. So let's, if we think that running 5K less will mean the umpires are less fatigued and make better decisions, well, that's a massive plus. And the second one is so many umpiring decisions are impacted by the view they have of the actual bit of play that they're um, interpreting. So if you have four umpires and you are closer to where the action is and you have a better view, you will make a better decision. There is no doubt about that. So I think it's absolutely worth trialing. And then the the, the other little piece of information, hopefully down the track, when we get good umpires that are experienced, they can umpire longer because they don't have to run 16 kilometres. So many of our, our good umpires, the reason they give it away, it's just too hard. So if, if we're able to lessen the, the load on them, there's one, they might be able to umpire longer. And two, who's to say they couldn't umpire a Thursday game and a Sunday game if, if that's what they uh, decide to do? Thanks for sending your text in. You can keep coming in to 0427 Next, we'll head to Alberton and speak to Miles Bergman from The Power. Tyre Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tyre Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 18 minutes past seven on this Wednesday morning. We are here thanks to Morn Team. Morn Team Ford Mount Barker for V6 Ranger. Bix Friday night was uh, really exciting for Port Adelaide fans where some of the questions that they had in the off-season were almost answered. What are, we, uh, what are they going to do with the absence of Robbie Gray? And then, of course, with the absence of Carl Amon, who's going to be holding onto the ball and kicking it off half-back into the forward 50, one of the best players at the back end of last season and moving into this year is joining us right now on the line, Miles Bergman. Morning to you, mate. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Miles. And um, firstly, nice to actually get a bit of a game under your belt and get a kick. It must feel great to start the season off that way. Yeah, very nice. I obviously had a bit of trouble last year with injuries and sickness so it's good to be fit and healthy and get a run around early this early well talk talk to us about your pre-season yeah be, uh, all the reports are you've you've done most of it you're feeling pretty fit and well but tell us about what you did last year and and how you've put that behind you and and got on the front foot this year um yeah so the year before last i had a little shoulder injury that i played through the year with and got it fixed up at the end of the year but um as I was about to come back into training pre-season, it got infected, so I had the whole thing redone. Mm. Um, so it ended up being about seven months that I was out for and then finally came back about round four, played two games and then got really sick and um, took me about eight weeks to fully recover from that. 
um, that finally got back playing back towards the end of last year and um, started to find some form again, which was good. And then sort of leading on from that, went into the off-season with a positive mindset and just worked hard, tried to get fit again and stay healthy and um, come back that way. And, yeah, really push in my pre-season to get in the best shape I could. Miles, what did you take out of Friday night as you prepare to head over to Western Australia? We've heard from Chad post-match. We've heard from Nathan Bassett saying the match was pretty scrappy. But from a player's point of view, and you were playing on both the the probables and the possibles, what did you take out of it personally? Um, Yeah, there's definitely things that we can work on. But um, as we said, it is pre-season and we're testing new things here and there. So um, it's just a good insight to see where... Um, the areas are that we need to improve and um, over the next few weeks we've been we've got plenty of meetings to come and um, practice matches to come so we can work on all that to get as ready as we can for round one. Spoken to representatives from both clubs and, and one of the things apart from the playing games against opposition that everyone's looking forward to is actually spending a week away as a group and and just I guess connecting and, and getting to know each other better is talk to us about that because a lot of people would say oh it sounds like a, a holiday but that importance of connecting with your teammates and, and getting on the same page is uh, something that's uh, that clubs are focusing on more and more. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be almost like another camp where we're together all the time. We're having dinner, breakfast, all that together. Um, so we've got more time together to bond and just understand each other and get that connection going. Um, we got activities throughout the day just to help with that as well. And then hopefully that, results to a better connection on field. Particularly, I guess, when you've got new players, you talk about Justin Horn, uh, uh, Justin Horn, Jason Horn Francis. I keep on calling him Jason Justin for some reason. Um, Junior Rioli and, and, you know, a whole heap of young draftees. So you're still really getting to know each other for many at the club. Yeah, like you said, we've probably got about eight new players who have only been with us for a few months. So um, it's a good chance for all of us to get a lot closer with them and even each other, like, some of us have been together for, or for me, my fourth year. So I've been with a lot of these boys for four years. But you can always get closer with everyone. So I think this is a really good opportunity for that. We, we need to ask a question about Jason Horn Francis. As a player on the track in preseason, are you able to identify the impact that he can make quite quickly when he gets an opportunity, if that is in round one? And does, does that get you excited as a teammate? Yeah, definitely. He's um, a very powerful athlete and um, he showed the class he has and what he can bring. So we're all excited to see what he can come with and um, we're welcoming him with open arms. Now, uh, Miles, someone's sent us a text message in uh, suggesting that you might be taking your surfboard to WA and heading down the Margaret River. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I haven't thought about that yet, but it's not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> You're always high one over there. Time, <laughs> yeah. It talks about um, you're playing on the wing most likely this year. Do you have designs of moving into the midfield? You're a cracking size. You've got a bigger body and, and would be pretty much suited to that. Is that something that um, you look forward to in the future, maybe having a crack at? I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of players will always aim to try and get inside. Mm. So um, that's a goal of mine as well. Um, but at this stage, I'm still young and use my... Um, ability, which is my running and my legs. So whatever the team needs, I'm happy to do. Before we let you go, Miles, and we appreciate your time on SENSA, uh, 
Ken Hinckley, have you noticed any changes in the way that he's communicating or in saying that, how Josh Carr has influenced him in how he's leading the side this preseason moving into 2023? I think Carr, he's been a really good addition to the club and um, I'm not sure on how Carr has influenced Kenny, but I know the whole coaching group has changed their um, way of coaching and we've got like education um, and like an actual, like a teacher that's helping the coaches teach us better and helping us learn better. So um, the education's going in to all the players a lot better and everything's being understood and the connection there is also a lot better. Mm. And uh, talking to a few people as well saying you've probably done a little bit more work on your offense this preseason as opposed to last season where it may have been 50-50, a bit more offense than defense this year. Yeah, I think um, we've always been a really strong defensive team. So um, focusing on the offense has been probably a nice change for us and see how that goes throughout the next few weeks. Now, one final one, Miles. We had a caller suggesting this morning that <laughs> they love your man bun. We were talking about AFL hairstyles and um, and maybe you, you might have lost the man bun this year. <laughs> yeah, I did cut it off. Um, I didn't hear any positive feedback about it <laughs> like that. So. <laughs> I thought it was about time for it to go. Well, just be grateful that you've no, got I hair, mate. For a while, <laughs> Some of us don't get the luxury of um, getting to choose their hairstyle uh, like myself. So, um, <laughs> look, you just take care of that hair, okay? And uh, good luck in Western Australia. As we said, mate, it was a standout on Friday night, which which gets the Port Adelaide fans um, really positive about what you can do uh, and what contribution you can make to the side leading into 2023. So good luck and thanks for your time on SENSA. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's go. good. It's, it, it does get the fans excited because I mentioned Carl Amon at the start mm. and Miles is just like for like. He goes in straight away. Well, it, I think Miles has got so much upside still. He's a good player already, but his size, he talked about his endurance and he's, he moves beautifully. Uh, but he, at some stage, he will, I think, move into that sort of inside mid-roll and he's got that nice balance between inside and outside. At the moment, he'll play on the wing. And the fact that he, you know, he's had that horrible shoulder injury, then he's just had an interrupted uh, couple of seasons. My experience says when players play consistently for a year or two, you're just continually getting better and better and you're incrementally improving because you, you're playing all the time. So he hasn't had that luxury just yet. So if he gets that this year, look out. I think he could make some giant strides. When you're around the club a little bit too, and you would know this with the Crows, you farewell the team in August or September and you might have a bit to do with him in the preseason. I spoke to Miles on Friday at Alberton after mm. the match. He's noticeably bigger. And it's amazing to see the transition that they, they can make over a few months. But also then, you remember that they're 19, 20, 21. They're going mm. through growth spurts still and growing and putting on size. So to see his body shape develop develop it's it's quite overwhelming to see how quickly a body can change in a preseason well the trouble is if you have a shoulder injury that sort of limits what you can do weight wise for your upper body doesn't it yeah uh, so you know if he's had that for 18 months like i said he's 21 years of age he's still he's 84 kilos he's almost 190 centimeters so i think he will he will fill out still and he's still growing into that and um you get four or five years of weights and that's when your body gets really hardened and you become a bit more resilient to the, the, the knocks and bumps and blows. So uh, 
clearly, and this is not a big statement, but uh, he's got a lot of good footy in front of him. I might need to have shoulder surgery after how much I've carried this show over the past couple of weeks. We are here at <laughs> SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We'll read out some more of your texts next. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 28 minutes to 8 on this Wednesday morning. We love chatting to our mates. Pocket Change mobile phone plans with mate Gemma Barsby from the SA Scorpions not too far away. And next, we're going to go way back on this Wednesday Mm. and talk about some things that occurred on this day, Mark Bickley. In the sporting world. Now, just a quick text message before we get to the news. Uh, We've been talking hairstyles, (laughs) quite like this one. Jared skipped the man bun and went straight to the cream bun. (laughs) That's on the back of Miles Bergman cutting off his man bun and you saying, I wish I could have a man bun. Well, I did get a, a text from my former hockey coach, Gavin, who said, um, you should say to Miles that having a head of hair is a privilege and he was abusing the privilege. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 0427154166. We're back after the news. At Falcon Passenger Tyres, buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark. Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 23 to 8 going for a ridiculously hot Adelaide day today. 38, 40 tomorrow, 39 on Friday. Then it cools down a little bit So Nothing better to quench your thirst than nippies this summer. Just for calling or sending a text, you'll go into the running to win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Before we go into our new segment, Bix, did mention the Champions League scores um, in the round of 16, the first leg of two today. Uh, Liverpool and Real Madrid are now two all at halftime. So really exciting game. Um, Mo Salah has scored and Darwin Nunes for Liverpool. And Vinny Jr. has scored twice for Real Madrid. Vinny Jr. Yep. Great names in football. We love that. So we'll we keep do. you up to date. And let's go into this for the very first time. <laughs> Go. It's a big build-up, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Let's hope we don't let you down. It's <laughs> all about Wineback Wednesday, where we look back at some significant moments in sport that happened on this day. And on this day in 2003, Pakistani pace bowler Shoaib Akhtar bowls the fastest ball recorded in cricket history at 100.2 miles per hour, which is 161.3 kilometres per hour. Let's have a listen. <laughs> Very quick from Trevor, an excellent over and maiden from Margaret Speedster, four over Scott, 100.2 miles an hour, brilliant stuff, England 7 for 1. Very excited commentary, that's the fastest ball ever and they're like, yep, there's another ball. Didn't realise at the time perhaps, but um, anyway, Brett Lee went on to to break that, he bowled one at uh, 161.8, which made me think, who is the fastest bowler in the world right now? And so, uh, what do you got for us? Quick Google search. Number one, Mitchell Stark. He has bowled a ball at 160.4 kilometres an hour. Number two. Go on, go on. No. No, you got to I don't even want it. This is your forte. Yeah, no, I want you to. No, but you're on the microphone. Your name is first in the show, so you should do it. This is uh, Onrik Nork. (laughs) 
It's it's pronounced like <laughs> no, Nokia, you, isn't it? Your joke is that it's like the phone guides. Nokia. Nokia. He was here a few few I weeks ago. I understand that, but when it's spelled N-O-R-T-J-E, that's... Uh, that's not his fault. That's not helping me, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got third. We've got Mark Wood at 156, and then we've got... Uh, Muhammad Hasnain at 155, and then we get into uh, Lockie Ferguson. And then, this is where it's going to get interesting for the Australians, Jofra Archer at 154.65. Mm. If he gets anywhere near that, uh, along with uh, some of those other English swing bowlers, that could spell danger for Australia. Well, we saw series. what he did in the last Ashes series over in England and the the carnage that Jofra Archer caused against Steve Smith. Like, Steve Smith had mm. to go off with that injury. He got hit in the head at one stage too, so... Um, yes, and that was great pronunciation of Nokia. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that. It's not my strong suit. Uh, let's fast forward from, uh, well, actually, we'll go back. 19, <laughs> the 19th of February, 1999, Port Adelaide took on Adelaide in the first ever pre-season clash between the two clubs. It was known as the Ansett Cup back then. Uh, Mark Williams was about to coach his first match as Port Adelaide coach. The Crows, of course, were the reigning premiers. Adelaide comfortably defeated... Uh, no, Port Adelaide won that. The Crows running. Port Adelaide, oh, sorry, Port Adelaide, 13 15, 93, defeated Adelaide 8 9. We weren't trying, really. Premiership hangover. Yeah, exactly. We weren't interested, really. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but there were, let's have a listen to that, uh, that match. For new coach Mark Williams, it was the dream start. For the first time, Port Adelaide would win an Ansett Cup match. And who better to be victim number one than the reigning AFL Premier's Adelaide? 40,000 at Football Park saw the power win by six goals, with Eagleton, Dew and the skipper Wanganeen supreme. Tapped on cleverly, it comes to Lade. Cockatoo Collins works hard off it again. Cockatoo Collins off the ground. That's a pass. Now Michael Wilson, good hand pass to Burgoyne. Can they keep it up? Burgoyne running out of ground. Back to Wilson. He should be fresh enough. Plenty of time on the bench. Laid. Good mark. He might have a ping for goal. Long kick by Brendan Laid. What about that for an NSET Cup match? Sounds like 50,000 people there. Did, and the late, great Drew Morfitt doing the commentary there Mm. too. Now, Bix, this game was marred in controversy because following on from that, Mm. I'm not sure if you can remember, this was the first game that I watched on television when I moved to South Australia. So I was living in um, Henley Beach with my family, watched it on TV, getting really, really excited. So Sean Wren slipped on a disc. now In the middle of footy park. He did. Now, this disc was used by umpires to help bounce the ball. That was removed from every AFL ground at the uh, instigation of the league soon after mm-hmm. the injury. And then I believe that Sean um, sought litigation because of um, his injury and wanting to get um, financed for it. Oh, in the end, it was it was the end of his season. It was his third knee yes. reconstruction. It was his good knee. It did. It massively impacted on what he was able to do in his career after that. So, um, look, quite rightly, uh, it was a he, he uh, sued. Probably not the right word, but he, he uh, took legal action against. Um, I'm guessing it would have been Footy Park uh, for not providing a safe workplace. And so when he went to jump, the long sprigs sort of went onto the rubber pad. They slid. And then where the grass was growing on around the rubber pad, once it slid and hit that, it was a jolt, and that snapped his uh, the ligament in his knee. So it was um, it was a disaster for us, um, a disaster for Sean, a disaster for footy fans to to after 
playing 26 games and winning the flag, all Australian for Sean in 98, then had that, to have that happen again and to go through it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a football tragedy really. So yeah, unfortunate, um, but that's the way it is. And uh, after he came back from that, uh, played the played in 2000 and then went to Hawthorne and um, finished his career over there. So pre-season, what was that build-up like? Because it was 1999, the the Crows fresh off um, back-to-back premierships. Mm. And you look at pre-season now, both of our teams are going to Western Australia to play some random practice matches where they're not even playing four quarters in the matches. So this was, I remember back at, at that time, pre-season was something of prestige where you wanted to win the Anset Cup yeah. or the Wizard Cup or whatever well, it was. Now about, it's different. Think about Dermot Burton. Five day, five night. Yes. He's still described as that. Nowadays, like... I think the Crows have won three pre-season premierships. Yeah, and an AFL X premiership, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, you people, won that too. People don't sort of say to, you know, about some of the players, oh, two day, two night. Like, this doesn't even bother now because it doesn't have the prestige that it used to have. But uh, I remember the thing I remember about 99 was when Malcolm Blot arrived, we were a terrible uh, football club because we hadn't played finals for two years. So we started training in, I reckon, late October. So we had all of November, all of December, two weeks of October. So we had 10 week pre-season and he and Neil Craig came to the club and he trained us really hard when we won the flat playing uh, we had I reckon we had a month off then we started maybe maybe a little bit more maybe six weeks off started in the middle of November and what we did we had six weeks and Blighty said you have to get back to those same fitness levels that you achieved the year before so it was effectively just just over half the amount of time to do that and you had to better your time so we did that went through played right to the end of uh, September again, won the flag again. We then they, they they then said come back maybe the the last week of November. So they gave us an extra week, which effectively meant we had four weeks of preseason because you finish up the the last week of December, and we had to get back to our same times again. So we smashed ourselves. Everyone got back there, got their their personal best with the fitness. But then what happened in '99? Of course, Rennie got injured, but. We had, I reckon, five or six blokes had groin operations. We had stress fractures. <laughs> we just, we trained so hard and played so hard for that sort of cumulative period of two and a half years. It just took its took its toll, and um, and we still hold the record for the biggest slide from uh, premiers to I think it's twelfth or thirteenth position. Yes. No one's ever done that before. So um, that's not something that I'd be. It's an proud inglorious of. record. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not the greatest one. <laughs> well, thank you guys for going back with us. Uh, what we want to do each week is wind back Wednesday. So if you have any suggestions as well, you can always send them in. You can call us one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you're listening on the app, you can get in touch with us directly too. Next, we are going to chat with mates. Pocket change mobile phone plans with mates. The captain of the SA Scorpions, who are a couple of wins away from hopefully being WNCL champions from the Scorpions. We'll speak with Gemma Barsby next. Eight minutes to eight on this Wednesday morning. We do have a series pass to take part in the Zen Energy Grand Slam Cycling Challenge to give away. Grand Slam number one is this Sunday. BikeSA.asn.au for more information, Mark Bickley. Yes, we were talking about uh, on this day and the fastest bowling in cricket history uh, 20 years ago was bowled at the time by Shoa Bakhtar. I've got a text message um, which said if Tomo was bowling downwind at the Wacker, it would have been 170 kilometres an hour, particularly when he's trying to knock off Jeff Boycott's uh, hat. So uh, thanks for that. And if you want to send us a text, uh, do that, please. Uh, 0427 154 166.
Bix, it's been a big summer of cricket for our South Australian teams and the team which is carrying us through with success. Hopefully, one more victory against Tassie this weekend is our SA Scorpions the skipper, Gemma Barsby, is here and media superstar as well. Hey, Gemma, congratulations after a successful weekend. It's it's deja vu because we're taking on Tassie again, but this time we want to make the result a bit different. How are you feeling? Yeah, absolutely. It was an um, exciting weekend of cricket for us, obviously. We knew coming into those Queensland games, we had to win both of them to, um, yeah, to make the final. So pretty much that Sunday game was a semi-final, and for it to come down to the last over, I think that's really good prep going into this weekend against Tassie. And yeah, like you said, it's a rematch. So yeah, there's a there's a few. Um, I think it's driven us, and I think we're all determined to to go down there and get over the line. So Gemma, tell us about the the couple of times you've played Tassie already, because you haven't been able to get the chocolates. What can you improve? What what area of the game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's been um, sadly, I think a couple of years now since we've um, mm. we've beaten them. So I think it goes down to there's probably just a couple of things. Obviously, uh, with our batting, just making sure we get on top of their spinners. They obviously have quite a lot, and and know that's probably the way to go against us. So yeah, we've, we we will definitely work hard in the nets there to um, to face a lot of spin and try and not have as many dots early and um, rotate the strike quite a bit. And then obviously they have some really good really good batters there. Their top four is is where they win the game for them. So if we can get them out really early and contain them, then, yeah, that should go a long way to winning. In a strange way, do you hold on to the hurt of last year to go, we know what that feels like, so we know not to take anything for granted heading into facing the same opposition? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something we definitely speak about and bring up, but also reflect on that game and and what we did well and what we didn't do well so we can really, yeah, learn on that and take that into the game. And I think it comes down to each individual and how they how they prep for that. I know for me it's definitely driving me where you feel you remember that hurt and that yeah of that feeling after the game and hopefully um yeah we don't have that feeling once again. One of the things that I've been impressed with is the fact we've got the Australian side away doing great stuff in South Africa but the the amount of depth in the competition still you mentioned Tassie you've got some great players your team is chock full of great players as well. I think back four or five years ago and it just wasn't there and now it really is and that just shows the growth and the, the development of the people that are playing cricket at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting and um, the Aussie girls are going to be away more often now mm. with, um, with how much cricket they're playing. So it's exciting to see the depth of women's cricket and I think that just shows with the funding that we've been lucky enough to get and hopefully continue to, to get more of to just shows how much once you put into into the cricket how much it benefits for us. So Hopefully that continues to grow for us and continue to get better and the depth continues to grow as well. How much are you loving the media side of things, uh, putting the, the cricket thing aside for a moment because you've you've done some commentary over the summer and you're really immersing yourself in the media. So how have you enjoyed that experience? Yeah, it's been it's really, really nice and exciting. Um, probably going back a few years when I started, I was petrified of, of doing all this stuff. You, you put a camera in front of me and I'd stutter, I'd lose my track of where I am and, and the words. So... I think, yeah, coming into this and hopefully being able to grow the women's game, the more of this stuff will pop up. So it's trying to just jump, grab it with both hands and learn from these experiences. And, yeah, and I've loved it. Well, one of the things that I was really keen to uh, to get from you, Jared and I, uh, we're not cricket aficionados and we watch, we, we're just fans, really. We watch the uh, what's going on in India and, and we are a little bit perplexed. I'm keen to get... Uh, you know, an insight from someone who actually knows a little bit more about cricket than what we do. What have you seen and what have you been uh, happy with and what have you been disappointed with? Yeah, obviously, yeah, they're having a pretty rough time mm. over in India, aren't they? It's, um, 
Yeah, it's, it was exciting to see that in that first innings, they got it to pretty much level where they were um, leading by one there. And um, yeah, they were in a pretty good position. And then, yeah, unfortunately, the batters came out there and probably played shots they're not used to. And mm. you kind of, like, from afar, obviously, you kind of just look at it and be like, yeah, what are they doing? Why is there, I think, probably for a lot of them too, it's probably down to their mindset of what they're actually doing and going out there. A lot of getting caught on the crease or sweeping, like, is that in their repertoire? Mm. And. Stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's probably a good reflection for a lot of them. And um, I know um, Ian Healy's probably come out and said how they actually needed to play a practice match before going there. And I think that was probably a pretty big miss for them. And I know they've got a lot of cricket around as well. So I think, yeah, it's probably a reflection for them to have probably one or two practice games before going. We see the growth of the women's game, and we see over the past couple of weeks um, the auction for the the women's IPL, which uh, you've got a smile on your face now, which is awesome, because I'm sure you can see the growth of the game and and some of our best international cricketers finally getting the recognition, but also um, a bit of a payday they deserve too. Yeah, absolutely. I remember there was a few of us girls that um, went over to Sam Betts' place and and watched it, because obviously we had a few of our uh, local girls in there with... um, Tyler McGrath, Tyler McGrath, Megan Schutt in there. And, yeah, it was pretty exciting just to sit back and just be like, wow, like Ash Gardner going for over 500000 And just something like that, it's just a pinch-yourself moment that that's actually happening. Obviously, it's still a bit um, far away from the boys, but this is a good step towards getting to that. And, yeah, it's pretty exciting to be in it. Mm. Bix, the other, the other thing is... Um our women are going for the double because we are WBBL champions with the strikers. And if we do this, it would be brilliant. And I guess to, to finish up, are you surprised that Bridget Patterson could party for so long? I've, I'd, I'm wondering now if she's still celebrating because we saw her after the WBBL championship. She got to ring the Bradshaw bell at the test match with yourself. And then um, we saw the celebrations at the BBL. I've never seen someone celebrate so much. And I think it's well-deserved. Is she still celebrating? Yeah, there was a. Um, we were trying to work out the podium finish with um, with the strikers one. It was Darcy Brown, yeah, Bridget Patterson, and myself there, and we we're fighting for gold. But um, yeah, that was pretty cool and and something to um, savor. With um, premierships don't come around often, so it's something to um, to soak in. And hopefully, we can do it again this weekend. And yeah, it definitely took me by surprise that Bridget could last that long. Well, something you both didn't see was at the podium at the Adelaide Strikers mm-hmm. where we presented the WBBL champs to the crowd. What normally happens is I will say your WBBL champs and then we'll hold up the trophy yes. and then these fireworks go off. Mm-hmm. What you didn't notice was we told a photographer that they weren't allowed on the stage. The photographer was literally hovering as in squatting over one of the fireworks and as we were holding up the <laughs> WBBL trophy one of the staff members had to tackle him off the stage because a firework would have gone in a place where no one wants a firework. <laughs> so if there's vision of that, did you see him getting tackled? Yeah, I was kind of like looked over and I saw the um, the sack of staff come and just like grab him and he's gone everywhere. His cameras are gone everywhere. I was like, what has happened? And then, yeah, you see the fireworks. You're like, oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that would have just saved him. Would have been a different light show on New Year's <laughs> Eve. So, um, look, Gemma, thank you so much for giving us your time on this Wednesday morning and good luck as well because you've had such an outstanding year personally, but also um, I love that every time we had a look at the matches or the results, someone else has stood up to play their role for the team, which is brilliant for the Scorpions. And you've got such a fantastic core group and mix of experience and youth. So we only hope for good things. 
Go to Hobart and enjoy it. Um, please stay warm because it's freezing down there. I love the cold weather, but still, um, you will be very cold down there. And good luck on behalf of everyone here at SENSA. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Two minutes past eight. Happy Wednesday. Warm one today, too. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, I've just seen you spend that whole news break trying to fix and work the printer here at SENSA. <laughs> How did you go with it? Oh, flying. It's perfect. It's not working? No, it's working. Okay. All right. So what we thought we'd do between now and 8.30 is introduce a couple of segments. We've got buy, rent and sell very soon. We will do that and we'll ask questions and we need to suggest whether we buy, rent or sell these. Thanks to Ray White, Rachel Laurie uh, in North Adelaide. And this one we haven't done before and you have no idea what's about to happen, Big. No, so, none uh, whatsoever. I'm a little bit nervous. This excites me. Here we go. Meep, meep. Called Quick Bix. Well, there you go. And so speed. Yes. What's yes. what I'm known for. Very good. Well, <laughs> I don't really know. We had a really nice message actually from Brett who said, Morning guys. As you might know, I'm a fan fanatical port man, but I must say, Bix, you are an absolute champion of South Australian footy. What a oh. footy ride you had. Not many people could say dual premiership captain in such a pressure cooker competition like the AFL. So Good to hear your family listening you, again. Um, so with quick Bix, yes. I will ask you a question. Mm. Then you will have 10 seconds mm. to answer that question. Okay. In quick Bix, there are six questions. Oh, easy. Quick Bix six. Try and say that really quickly. No. It doesn't really work. So uh, we'll give you an example, okay? So this is how it will work. The 10-second timer will start at the conclusion of my question. For example, Mark Bickley, name all of your children. Shane, Natasha, Alicia, Tyson, and Xavier. There you go. I'm just not... (laughs) (laughs) I was so shocked that you got that right. It's my turn to knock over a glass in the studio. (laughs) Little backhander. I've literally just smashed a glass in the studio. That's all right. We've all done it. Uh, I spilled mine. You've smashed a wine glass. Um, can, can you make them all as easy as that? No, I can't. All right, here we go. Let's okay. get into Quick Bix question one. Okay. Name the number 26s for Adelaide, Port Adelaide, and Geelong. Well, it's Hawkins, Harry Schomburg, and Miles Bergman. How did I go? Incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Two out of three wasn't bad. Uh, Harry Schomburg, Riley Bonner. Of course. Riley Bonner. Sorry, Riley. Tom Hawkins. Now, my my motto is fail quickly. Yeah, you've done that. Okay. I just went really quick. Question two. Mm. There are four NBA teams that don't have an S in their team name. Name two of them. The Jazz and you're out. <laughs> the Heat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to give it to him. Yes. yes. He's done well. Uh, the other two, Thunder and Magic. Oh, I didn't realize there's so many with S's in it. Very good from mm. me. Okay. <laughs> if you don't say so yourself. 
Name Australia's opening five batters in the second test in India. Warner, Kawaja, Hanscom, Smith, and Renshaw. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Warner, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith, Head. Oh, shit. oh, you're a small thing. You can't do that. Next, mm. three to go. <laughs> In 2007, Geelong won the AFL Grand Final by 119 points. Oh, did they? (laughs) How many goals did they kick? I'd hurry up and just throw one out there. 26. I was going to say 25. Oh, you still would have been wrong. It's 24. You were close. Mm, I was. Two to go. Are you enjoying this so far? I'm enjoying I'm it. Flying I, I like I'm flying. I've well, we got one right yep. so far. <laughs> uh, in 2017, the Killers performed at the AFL Grand Final. Mm-hmm. Richmond defeated the Crows that day. I know what this question okay. is going to be. Do you? Yeah. What's the song that they sung with Jack Revolt? And what's the answer to that? Mr. Brightside. Fantastic. That's not the question. <laughs> the question Brass. is, how many letters in the title, Mr. Brightside? <laughs> He's writing it down. He's checking. Time's running out. 12. Oh, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I nearly anticipated the question. So, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, you got good. a bit ahead of yourself, just like the Crows did in that first quarter. Okay, so um, sorry quarter. to our producer, Sam, who just walked in and, <laughs> and seen shot. broken glass everywhere. Uh, okay, last one in quick picks. Between 2000 Mm. and 2003, Mm. how many games did Mark Bickley play? Sixty-four. Sixty-four. By the way, Bix has not seen these questions. No. It's incorrect. What was it? Eighty-seven. You played two thousand. Okay, I didn't. I only had a two thousand okay. one, two, three. All I can do is ask the question. <laughs> How you interpret it is your responsibility. Mm. Um, you played twenty in two thousand. Yep. Twenty three in two thousand and one. Mm. Twenty in two thousand and two, and mm. twenty four in two thousand. That's a very good run in two thousand and three. Well, I'm not sure. I missed. I missed a dozen games in thirteen years. I reckon. So I didn't have. I touch wood. I didn't have a lot of injuries. No. Fortunately. I think that was a really good segment. Are you happy with that? Very happy. Uh, happy with the segment, not happy with my performance. So there's two things that need to happen. I need to beef up a little bit on my knowledge or mm. you need just to bring the, the bar down a little bit with, <laughs> with the questions. <laughs> Otherwise, people are going to get very frustrated of me getting them wrong all the time. Well, I think it was lots of fun. You did a great job. If you have any questions that you want to send in for next week's great, edition yeah. of Quick Bix, make sure you do that. Uh, next, thanks to Ray White, North Adelaide. Real estate's a team sport. Rachel Laurie taking care of that. It is by Rent and sell on SENSA. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go!
14 minutes past eight. Hey, send us a text right now on 0427-154-166 if you want that series pass to take part in the Zen Energy Grand Slam Cycling Challenge. Grand Slam number one is this Sunday. Bikersa.asl.au for more info. Just send us a text saying g'day or just say I would like the prize and we can send it your way. We did get a text in before Bix. Yeah, that was from uh, Josh at Aldenga Beach, beautiful part of the world. He's suggesting uh, he wonders how the rest of the SEM broadcasters are going to feel when they ban drinks in the studio because of YouTube peanuts. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been here what a cumulative total of about five days. Yes. I've spilt my cup of tea. All a over whole me. kettle of tea over the desk last and week. And you've sort of uh, rather gregariously thrown your arms out, and you've sort of backhanded a wine uh, glass. A wine and gla- people are thinking, why has he got a wine glass at eight o'clock uh, in the morning? Good question. <laughs> Uh, we'll find video of that and we'll chuck it up on the socials. Mm. It's only fair. It was only okay, water, by the way, Ray White North Adelaide is supporting local charities and sports clubs because real estate's a team sport. And Rachel Laurie, who takes care of that, an amazing organisation. Um, she proudly presents this. Well, folks, today's your lucky day. This individual wants to buy you today. They know something. I can feel it. Let's get in on it. The broken so this is called buy, rent, sell, bix. How does it work? Well, if you, you make a statement and if you agree with that statement, you are buying that statement. If you're not sure and you're um, uncertain, you will rent that statement. And if you um, are opposed to it, you will sell it. You are selling that. You are saying, no, I'm not buying into that at all. Let's go back and forth. Thanks mm. to Ray White, Rachel Laurie, Mark Bickley, buy, rent, sell, Port Adelaide making the top four. Mm. I, I'm selling this now. Before everyone is outraged, if you're a Port fan, I'm a big fan of Port Adelaide, but I just don't know if they're going to get to the top four. I think there's some real quality up there at the moment. I'm thinking Port Adelaide between sort of fifth and eighth. That's where I see them landing. So I'd have to say sell on that one. Wow, that's big. I'm going back to you. Adelaide United, they'll win the A-League. I'm going to be bold and buy this. Mm. Adelaide United have... The players, when all fully fit and on the pitch, and I feel that um, the two major injuries that the club has at the moment with Juande, who um, his position can be filled by one of the young midfielders. We Mm. saw that on the weekend against the Wanderers. And Josh Cavallo, who sadly um, has torn his Achilles, I feel that they can be replaced and with the firepower up the front with Ben Halloran, with Craig Goodwin, with Hiroshi Ibusuki, I feel that Adelaide United can certainly win the A-League Championship. The big test is obviously Melbourne victory this Mm. weekend in Melbourne, but Melbourne City back at home, it's a buy from me. Mark Bickley, four field umpires in the AFL. Four field umpires in the AFL is a buy from me. I'm keen to try something because all we hear is people complaining all the time about the standard of umpiring. For me, it's about making decisions under fatigue, which this will help. And it'll also they'll be in better position and they'll have a better view so they will make better decisions. It's a bit like when we commentate, we're 100 metres away and we say, mm-hmm. that's a rubbish free kick. Then they show a zoomed in close-up. You say, oh, yeah, that's there. Yes. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, the analogy. When an umpire is running to try and keep up with the ball and, and they're 50 metres away and they're, and they're bouncing around the place, they don't often see it beautifully. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm buying this. I'm keen to have a look at it. Okay. The NBA All-Star Weekend. What are you doing with that? After what happened over the weekend, sell. Not happy with it. Wasn't happy with the game. The dunk contest. If you have a 
person playing in the G League mm. who is the one that saves the dunk contest and people refusing to take part or sit out at a risk of not being paid enough, even though they're paid 50 million US a season. Um, I think they're making a mockery of it. It's not what it used to be. So I'm selling that. It's a big sell for me. I'm sad doing it, but you know what? This is We need to make big decisions on SENSA. Mm. I'm well, selling it. And you have. Thank you. Matt Short. I'm buying Matt Short. In the runs in the uh, the Shield yesterday, made a ton. We saw him over here at Adelaide doing great stuff in the uh, the Big Bash. I think he's a star on the rise. So that is a uh, that is a strong buy. Okay, um, Matthew Nix. I'm renting Matthew Nix. I think similarly to what you said about Ken Hinckley last week when we did this. I'm just holding on. I'm not mm. committing completely. I think this is the most important year for both Ken Hinckley and Matthew Nix. If the Crows don't continue their trajectory up the ladder. Um, some of the supporters are being ambition, uh, ambitious enough to say finals. Uh, I, I think that they would need to ask some pretty tough questions because the the age bracket and demographic of the list is ready to start making some moves in the AFL now. Mm. Mark Bickley, buy, rent or sell. Middle-aged men wearing sports jerseys. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? middle-aged men that sort of, is it an insecurity? Is it a, a fanboy type of arrangement that you have to wear a sports jersey of another grown man? I, look, I don't mind the kids doing it, little kiddies with their favourite player little on kiddies. their back. Yeah. But yeah. when men do it, yeah, look, I'm just not sure. Okay. I'm going to go back at you, final one. Rain gauges. It's a massive buy from me. <laughs> um the only reason I'm saying that is because you sound like a massive jerk now. <laughs> so I've always been a fan. Lock it in. I want heaps of them. Put one in my bathroom. I'm a supporter of people that are on this show in this partnership. Mm, mm. And in all, all seriousness, I like the idea of it because I need to put some new lawn in in my, my front yard and have yep. to know how much water to put in it and other boring stuff you've said about them. <laughs> But you know what? I don't give a continental whether you have one or not because I don't care what you do. I like them. <laughs> That's it. We're five shows in and we're fractioned already. We're, we are. What are we fractioned? <laughs> Sounds like a maths <laughs> equation. <laughs> I think we're fractured. Yeah, well, whatever, mate. All right. I've just broken a glass in here and I'm really emotional. Mm. So anyway, mm. thanks to Ray White North Adelaide. Uh, real estate's a team sport. That was Buy, Rent, Sell and another successful segment on SENSA. Tire Power, best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 26 minutes past eight. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA Bix. We've got to give away this Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at $59.95. Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Who's it going to yeah, today? We, uh, we did speak about um, AFL footballers' hairdos and had a lot of texts about that, actually. And Damien from Seacliff said, Good morning, boys. Greg Anderson would have to be up there for the same haircut. It hasn't changed in 40 years. And that is absolutely dead set on the money. I saw Ando uh, probably about a month ago down on Jetty Road. Uh, same haircut as what he played with. 
long down the back, hasn't cut it. Used to used to cut it before games with the scissors. Used to cut the tape with. He didn't take much care of, about it at all, Greg. Great man. Uh, and so, Damien from Seacliff, you have got that uh, that power bank. Well done. Also had a text from Jason at Ferryden Park that said, "Surely Jason Horn Francis earns a nomination for best hair. That's why he didn't want to do the ice bath at North Melbourne. He didn't want to get it wet. So some." Comedy there from uh, Jason. Speaking of comedy, now I've made the biggest mistake ever and um, I don't want to abuse the friendship here, but during the break, Bix, you were looking up some of your own stats on the computer. Oh. <laughs> you, I was questioning the, uh, the question, the questioning quick Bix, yeah. how it was ambiguous between 2000 and 2000. So when was the most consistent period of oh, your I career? I don't know. A decade ago, twentieth <laughs> century. It, it was amazing to to see the longevity that you had in your career, though, because you were quite injury free. We spoke yesterday on the podcast, and you can listen to all of the chats we've had today with Miles Bergman and Gemma Barsby on the podcast. Um, apart from the the leg injury you had in the the international series, no, no, I didn't miss a game there because that happened in October. So that, right, so I I had a broken foot in 1994 and missed about 10 games. And then I had um, a twisted ankle in 1999 and missed three games. So ended up averaging 21 games a year for 13 years, which was a a good run. That's actually quite unheard of now when you think about management of players and injuries. tougher back then, surely. You were (laughs) tough. What's on for the rest of the day, mate? Uh, I'm heading down to Port Adelaide to do some work. Security escort? <laughs> you will, just, you will just, need that. I'll get my cap and the dark glasses on. No. Okay. Very friendly people down uh, down Port Adelaide. Of course right? they are. God's country, mate. So go down there. And then tomorrow on the show, we're going to be catching up with Paul Hazelby from SENWA just to talk about the teams that both of our teams will be playing against this week. And Mick Godden from the Adelaide Crows and all of our mistakes that mm. we've made this week, which I've made heaps. The Bricky Brown line. Yep, and you can't say Jason Horn Francis, so that will be repeated. I'll, just, I'll keep calling him Justin. Okay, thank you. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening. We're back tomorrow from 6. Enjoy your day on SENSA.